Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today to our Housing Matters podcast. My name is Oscar Way. I'm a senior economist at the California Association of Realtors. Joining me today is another economist, Jordan Levine. Good morning. Thank you, everyone. Um, this is our second episode, and last week we talked a little bit about inventory. We talked about tight supply, and we mentioned that tight supply would put upward pressure on home prices. So I figured today we want to talk a little bit about home prices. Before we go into a discussion, let me give you a little bit of background information about current home prices. The last time, the last, the latest information that we released on home prices was from the April sales and price report. Based on the price report in April, we have a median price at the state level at 509100 That's an increase of 5.3% from previous month, March and that's a 5.1% increase on a year-to-year basis. Now, put to, to put things into perspective, that's also the highest median price that we have had since September 2007, and it was the first time in more than nine years that the statewide median was about 500,000. As far as price growth is concerned, of course, you wanna compare that to the national level and maybe at the regional level. So let me take a look at the regional for uh, the uh, national level first. For the U.S. median in April, it was 223,000, and it was a 6.2 percent year-over-year growth. So, at the state level in California, we are sort of in line with the national level. At the regional level, of course, the price growth varies. I'll let Jordan talk a little bit about the regional level. Sure. Um, but just going back to something that you said, I think um, prices in California, then it sounds like, are um, more than twice as expensive, I guess, as they are in the rest of the nation. Is that right? You're absolutely right. I think if we look at some of the numbers back in 2012, uh, uh, 2008, when we had our home prices dropped, it dropped significantly. In fact, it dropped down all the way down to about 245, 246,000. So since then, we have grown, you know, uh, pretty much by uh, double. But if you compare that to the highest level that we have had at the peak in 2005, 2006, it was somewhere around 594,000. Uh, so when we compare it to the highest peak, we're still below, we're still about 15% below. Um, but again, what about at the regional level? At certain levels, I'm sure we have exceeded the last peak. Yeah, and I think that's one of the, the big concerns that I have in terms of you know, overall home prices. I guess, you know, again, home prices um, can be good or bad depending on, I guess, which side uh, of the equation you're talking about. And I guess for those existing homeowners that have enjoyed this kind of um, rapid rebound in home prices over the last three, four years, um, that that's been a really good thing. But, you know, looking at places in different parts of the state, and especially um, the Bay Area, I think there's, you know, several markets up there where the median price is well in excess of a million dollars. I think um, 1.4 million-ish in the San Francisco market. 
um, about 1.2 million in Marin County, over a million, almost 1.1 million in the Santa Clara market as well. Um, and so I think that those um, areas have seen some really exceptional growth in home prices. Those also happen to be the areas of the state that are seeing the most exceptional um, job growth numbers. And so I think, you know, to the extent that you're already in those markets, it's a good thing. Um, but from a, from a new buyer perspective or from a home ownership standpoint, um, I think those are starting to become more daunting numbers, whereas parts of Southern California, uh, places that are more traditionally known, I think, as, as bedroom communities, the East Bays, the in, uh, Inland Empires of Southern California, um, you know, surrounding counties that are, you know, abutting the San, San Sacramento metropolitan area as well. Um, you know, affordability and price levels haven't gotten to a level that I think are are as troublesome maybe as, as what we see in markets like the Bay Area where prices in and of themselves are very high, but they're also growing just relative to what folks can afford. Got it. So, you know, to, you know, if I understand you correctly, of course, some of those areas, some of those regions, the high increase in home prices, somewhat justifiable because of the labor market conditions, right? A lot of, lot of high wage jobs being created. I mean, if you think about um, what really is the cornerstone of the both, you know, the, the San Francisco and the San Jose economy, it's a lot of tech jobs, a lot of software developers, um, folks who are earning, you know, in excess of six figures a year. Uh, and that really has contributed to a lot of high-end demand. Let's push prices up in those areas where uh, we're seeing a much more diverse mix of job growth kind of outside of that core Bay Area. Yeah, I mean, they're making definitely making a lot more money, you know, a lot of six-figures six people. But at the same time, I know supply is also an issue that push up home prices. Yeah, and I think you know that really circles back to what we discussed last week, where um, not only is there this kind of exceptional demand, uh, but there's also this limited supply. And I think those two things are, are kind of combining to, to create some really strong upward pressure on prices, maybe at the detriment of affordability going forward. And um, how, how are those home prices? I know you did some research on uh, price to income ratio or price to rent ratio. How, how are we seeing those ratios compared to um, the median home prices? Yeah, no, that's a good point because I think the, the question isn't just the level of, of prices in and of themselves. It's, you know, are these prices sustainable? Are they justified? Um, you know, and I think what we'll touch on later relative to that is, is whether they're sustainable going forward. And I think, you know, when you look at it from a statewide perspective, um, things, you know, don't necessarily seem too bad. Um, the price to income ratio is, you know, a little bit below seven right now. So that median priced home is about seven times uh, that median household income in the state at this particular point in time. Um, and the other thing I think to, that's worth bringing up is that it's not just the level of that debt that folks are, are bringing on board, it's the cost of that debt. And we know that interest rates are still very, very low by historical standards, still hovering around the, the three to four year low point for, for mortgage rates. And so when you kind of interest rate adjust those payments back down, um, we're back towards something that's really um, right in line with our long run average from a, from a price to income standpoint and the cost of that debt. Um, but again, this varies tremendously on a regional basis. And when you look at a place like San Francisco, which I mentioned has prices up in that $1.4 million range, um, the price income ratios there have jumped back up into the double digit territory again. So although, you know, statewide, I don't think we're, we're at this huge tipping point in terms of being um, unsupported or having prices that aren't supported by incomes. But I think that in some of our hotter markets, 
um, we're starting to kind of to threaten those levels where where prices are are getting a little bit decoupled from what we see on the income side. Yeah, and I agree with you. And uh, I did a little bit of research on what the uh, long-term trend is compared to the current median price. Of course, we see some fluctuations going back to 2007, 2008, or maybe even before then, 2004, 2005, we see some uptick in home prices at the state level. But if you look at the long-term trend, let's say if we were to uh, think of a price increase on a yearly basis to be about 5% or so, and if we go back to 2001, for example, before the uh, huge increase in home prices, 2001, we had a uh, median price at the state level at around 260, 260, 265. If we increase 5% every year since then to 2016, we would have a median price of roughly about 540, 545 right now. So, and right now, uh, in April, we are at 509. So we're still below that level. Of course, you know, we cannot expect uh, price increase to be uh, uh, the same every single year at 5%. But looks like, you know, based on the trend line, the long-run long trend line, we are right on where we are supposed to be, maybe just a little bit below the long-run trend line. Interesting. So if we would have just grown by 5% per year over the last 10, 15 years, um, you're saying you would expect us to have a price level that looks really similar to what we actually have right now. Right, exactly. And of course, keep in mind also that, of course, we talked about housing affordability and definitely is something that we should be more concerned about. At the same time, uh, keep things into perspective, 2001, 2002, we probably have a much higher interest rate than what we have now. The fact that we have an interest rate of below 4%, and most likely we will continue to have 4% or below interest rate for the next, say, six months or maybe even the beginning of the year, that of course helps housing affordability. Not to say that we don't need to worry about housing affordability because if interest rates started rising, this is something that we definitely need to be concerned about. I totally agree. In fact, you know, I think that's, that's one of the, the big saving graces that we have in the market right now is um, yes, I think prices are up over 80% or so since we hit bottom um, statewide. And we're still about ninety-five dollars or $100,000 below that pre-recession peak. Uh, but also, I think more important than that is that, you know, the cost of the debt is just so affordable that it really kind of um, is, is perhaps, you know, like I said, the one saving grace in, in the market at this point in time. But I think um, the, the big question is what happens to demand when those rates start rising. I, I totally agree with you that I think we're going to see low rates persist at least through the end of this year. Um, but do you have any thoughts about what, what that might mean when, when rates do go up? Is that going to undermine demand? Or how far do you think rates have to go up to really um, start to eat into people's willingness to go out and buy? Well, that's a good question. It depends. The rates definitely will go up in the next, say, 18 months or so. I think the question is how fast and you know how far it will go. Looks like we are hitting a little bit of a bump based on the job reports last month or last week. We're hitting a little bit of a bump, so most likely interest rate will not go very fast. And when interest rate don't go very fast, most likely people will adjust a little bit. Plus the fact that we don't have a significant increase in inflation rate. That really helps. Now with interest rate going, let's say, 25 basis point, 
or a 50 basis point, let's say for the next six months or nine months or so, I think people can adjust. And we're already seeing the uh, slow growth in price. Even though we have gotten to a level uh, that we haven't seen in nine years, we're seeing some slowdown in home prices. That helps because, of course, that will help out in terms even if interest rate increase. Even uh, right now, we're only increasing by about five or six percent in terms of home prices, as compared to about a year ago, a couple years ago, we were increasing at double digit. Yeah. So that's definitely help. Another aspect, of course, we need to be concerned about is not just interest rate, but the uh, median down payment or the down payment that people can come up with. Looks like even though the housing market or the labor market, I should say, is you know, hitting some bumps, we still have a pretty healthy housing market. Um, and so people will probably start making some, uh, putting down some median, uh, putting down some down payment. The concern that I also have, of course, is for people transitioning from being a renter to becoming a homeowner. I noticed that, and you might have some done, you might have done some uh, research on renters. I know that renters, uh, they are paying a pretty hefty price on rent also. Yeah, rents are really high, and I think, you know, with prices going high as well, um, you know, it just increases that amount of money that you need to save, while at the same time you're paying more and more for rent each month that really kind of eats into your ability to sock that money away um, to put a down payment down. Let me ask you about another thing that I think sure. is, is important to discuss from, from a supply standpoint. We talked a lot about tight supply, but I'm wondering, you know, and how um, these rising prices potentially uh, erode affordability in the state, but I think there's a flip side to the to the price question where, um, you know, rising prices may help existing homeowners, um, and do you think that's going to help folks kind of alleviate some of the supply issues, or they might be more willing to put their homes on the market now that they've had the, the value of those homes rise? Yeah, and, and we are getting a lot of news. That's a good question. We're getting a lot of news uh, lately from not just CAR, but from some other uh, people who produce uh, market statistics on housing market that sellers seems to be a little bit more optim optimistic about the market partly because of increase in home prices now even though it may not be increasing by 10 15 20 percent we're still seeing people putting up the market the house on the market I think part of the reason is because they realize that interest rate probably will rise eventually and they want to take advantage of the fact not just for themselves, but not just for the buyers, but for themselves as well, because they notice that, they realize that buyers, they will take advantage of the low interest rate. So there will be demand maybe for the next six to nine months or so. So they want to capitalize on it. But at the same time, for these sellers, they, if they were to sell their homes, of course, they have to buy their new home as well. So they have to take advantage of the interest rate, the low interest rate as well. So for them to put the house up on the market and move on to the next home, that seems like a, a, a good choice to do it now. And we know for sure eventually, maybe it's not next month, but in the next six months or so, there will be some adjustment in interest rates. So we, are, we could expect, I think, for the second half of the year to see a little bit more inventory. Coupled with the fact that I think we are seeing a little bit more inventory, you know, from the from the uh, home builders, not a lot, but a little bit more, and it uh, it depends. It all depends on what type of inventory. Um, are they gotcha, first time a buyers? A lot of the demand at the bottom end of the market. Right, exactly, gotcha. exactly, and also depends on what areas. Um, I know it's still very tight in the area of San Francisco Bay Area. 
but maybe some of the other areas. Well, I, I think you you probably notice that there are some additional inventory in some of the areas like Riverside, San Bernardino, right? Um, or maybe uh, I think that's possibly why we're starting to see price growth slow down too. It's not necessarily the prices in and of themselves um, are slowing for the market as a whole. I think there's some of that going on, um, but I think at least in terms of our own statistics that we produce on a monthly basis, um, one of the things that I've been noticing. Is, is the shift in the mix of transactions, not just um, in terms of high and low end of the market. And we have seen a transition uh, more towards that kind of first time buyer, owner occupant, lower end of the market, um, but also we're seeing transitioning uh, demand into more affordable parts of the state. So you're thinking about places like the Inland Empire, like the East Bay, and, and more so the Central Valley where we've seen a lot of demand uh, improve, not as inventory constraints, so we've seen a lot more um, growth in closed transactions in those regions as well. And so I think we, we're battling against that mix issue uh, in terms of you know fewer homes being sold in these more expensive core coastal areas, San Francisco's, LA's, San Diego's, Orange County's of the world, and more of that growth in, in those kind of more affordable markets. So do you think it is because of affordability or is it because of job growth in those areas also? Those I think both. You know, we are seeing some pretty robust job growth in those um, more inland markets. They were much slower out of the gate. There's no doubt about that. Um, and they have started to kind of gain some steam on that front. But I think the, the affordability in those markets cannot be understated. I mean, this could be a whole podcast in and of itself, but when you look <laughs> at the migration statistics in particular, you see a lot of out-migration, not just out of California completely, and we know we're a much more expensive state than the rest of the U.S. overall, um, but even within state, you're seeing not people you know leaving or fleeing regions completely. You're seeing a lot of movement from these very expensive core Bay Area, San Francisco-type markets, um, further east into places like Contra Costa, into Solano County, and even as far as San Joaquin. And, and you're seeing a lot of the same thing happen here in the Inland Empire, um, where folks are migrating away from the coast into Riverside and San Bernardino County. And I think that's hugely a function of, of affordability because you know, if you look at, at where these folks commute to, the vast majority of those homeowners who move to the East Bay or the Inland Empire um, still commute to work in San Diego, Orange County, L.A. And so for me, uh, they're going out there to, to save money, and I think that's going to keep demand high and, and potentially see those, those markets continue to grow in terms of overall home prices. So I'm not just hearing from you that, you know, the sales or demand in those areas are growing, but I'm, a sense, I'm getting a sense that... You think we all should do more telecommuting? Yeah, well, hey, I mean, the, the savings are, are very large. I mean, my, my wife's always kind of giving me the wink and the nudge and saying, you know, we could save several hundred thousand dollars by, you know, moving several miles farther east and, and you just have to, to drive a bit farther. So she seemed pretty comfortable with that. <laughs> now, let, let's move on and try to wrap it up. Okay, we, I know um, we might have a couple more minutes, but let's take a look at... Um, to wrap it up, let's take a look at you know, home prices for the rest of the year. Do you think, based on the numbers that we have crunched so far this year, do you think we home prices are going to be sustainable, or are we seeing a slowdown in home prices for this year? And what about next year? Yeah, so I think that that home prices will continue to slow. I think part of the the kind of double-digit growth that we saw over the preceding couple of years that you alluded to 
uh, was in part a catch-up effect. I think on the way down, we potentially overshot, and as the job market started to come back around, mortgage credit eased up a bit, um, that that really propelled home prices forward. Now we're back down towards something that's more uh, quote-unquote normal from a historical perspective, at least you know in line with our long-run average. And so I think that you'll start to see price growth continue. Um, but be more in line with what we see happening in terms of overall economic growth and, and income growth, something in the you know, 4 to 6% range, something like that, where you think about you know, a couple of percent of economic growth, a couple of additional percent of income growth per capita on top of that. Um, and that's how you get to kind of that level that I think is, is lower, no doubt about it, but potentially more sustainable going forward. And, and so I think that, that we'll start to see things that are, that are more in line with that historical norm. Great. I agree with you. You know, at the state level, you, we are definitely seeing a more moderate growth. And I'm sure, you know, there, again, it varies across different areas. For counties in the Bay Area, I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see a high growth. Uh, but it might still be below what we what we saw last year or the year before. Yeah, and I think as the affordability continues to dwindle in some of these core markets, I'm actually more optimistic on on stronger growth in some of these more affordable markets like the Inland Empire, Sacramento, Central Valley areas, um, just because they're going to benefit from the spillover of demand that couldn't be fulfilled in some of these more expensive markets. So um, you know, look for those guys to continue to do well. Great. And for next year, just I know it's, you know, we have to look at the crystal ball. Nobody knows what's going to happen after this year, after the election. But for next year, what do you think? Next year, I'm expecting something that might be a little bit more decelerated from even what we're forecasting this year. Uh, again, as we get closer to full employment, you're going to start to see employment and economic growth, I think, get lower towards uh, long run averages. And therefore, you won't have as much of a bounce in terms of overall home prices. Safe to say. Uh, moderate, mild, single digit is probably what we can expect for the state. Nothing to write home about, definitely, but I don't think we're in um, facing any kind of impending doom either. Great. Well, I think uh, this wraps up the, uh, the current episode for the Housing Matters podcast. Until next week, thank you again for tuning in. Mm -hmm.